You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. We started a series last week called Peacemakers, and we are evolving in this series, and I want to share part two of this series with you today. And we're talking about how we have been called to be peacemakers. Last week, we talked about the importance of having peace with God. The importance of carrying our lives, knowing that peace comes from within. It comes from the inside out. And and our spirit, from the beginning, has been attacked with messages and and thoughts from the enemy to break that peace with God, to, to bring us apart from God. And the chief seed that the enemy puts in our hearts is pride. He tries to elicit pride in us to put us at odds with God. So last week we talked about three ways to identify pride. We talked about how pride causes comparison, how it's the element of pride is comparison, how pride causes conceit, and how pride also causes a confusion. And then we gave you three uh, ways to get rid of pride. One is coming to Jesus, the other one is resisting the enemy, and the third is worship. And those things will connect you to God when you can identify pride in your life and you say, you know what, I don't want this in my life. Um, And that's how you begin. Now, having made that decision to have peace with God, we talked about how God is like the air that we breathe, how our spirit needs God for its own life. And having made peace with God, then we are ready to have peace within us, to have peace, inner peace with ourselves. So today, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about having peace with ourselves. And the two are connected. We can't forget that. You know, we can't forget that peace with yourself, with your, with your life, is connected to peace with God. Because only God can bring you true, lasting, deep peace in your heart. And if we are to be agents of change, which we believe we're meant to be, if we are to be people who promote peace in our homes, in our neighborhoods, promote peace in our communities, we're going to talk about that on on week four. If we are to bring peace into our closest relationships, those family-like relationships, which we're going to talk about next week, that's why you got to come back. We have to learn to have peace with ourselves. We have to learn that we need peace on the inside. Now, there's a problem because even though we all desire inner peace, I've never met anybody who doesn't want peace in their hearts. We, it's hard sometimes for us to identify because many times we don't have the proper tools. The tools that we have been given to deal with peace are not many, if any. And uh, we live in a society where outside there's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of anxiety. In fact, uh, uh, I think America is the top country. I know it's definitely top three of country that deals with anxiety the most in the world. We have so much, yet we're so anxious. Uh, a study came out, I believe, by the World Health Organization last year. They do a study every year. Uh, And they do a survey on the top reason that causes people anxiety in America. And for the longest, it's been money. But last year, there was the scale tipped a little bit. Number one reason why people are anxious or worried in our country is the future of the country. 
People are worried about the future of the country. No doubt it was connected to uh, the election cycle that happened in 2016. But in a country that has so much resources, the greatest gross domestic product in the world by far, people are anxious about the future. All the securities that we have built as a society are not enough to give people peace from the outside in. And that's telling. That's telling to you because if you're spending time building your own security in your own domain, trying to bring those things to cause security and peace on the inside, just look around. It, it's, it's not lasting peace that those things can bring you. Now, here's another problem with that. Is that we tend to think because there's anxiety and worry outside, because there's turmoil, fighting, and factions, and division outside, we tend to think that if things are resolved out there, then things will be resolved in here. We tend to think that if things uh, are, are in turmoil outside, and if we can get away from that, if there's a reason that we can, pre if there's a way that we can press pause and whatever's going on out there, then Whatever we're suffering on the inside will stop. And that's not so. It would be like thinking that Washington can rule peace in your hearts. It's not very possible. Because the, the pen that writes your story is not the pen that is in the hands of the president. It's not the pen that is in the hand of the governor. It's not the, pens, uh, the pen that is in the hand of the congressman. The pen that writes your story is not in their hands. It's in your hand. And you can give it to God. And we need to learn that. Now, I do believe that whatever goes on on the outside adds to the mix. It adds to whatever is going on on the inside. It can, it can shuffle things on the inside and cause even greater anxiety, even greater worry, even greater turmoil on the inside. But it is, it's a mistake to think that outside peace will bring inner peace. It won't. It won't. We need to know that. We need to be able to identify that. And that's the first thing that we need to realize. Now, it is better to talk about things on the outside. It's better to talk about what's going on out there. It's better to talk about the fights that are happening on Facebook, <laughs> that are happening on Facebook, because uh, we can talk about that without really opening our hearts. We can talk about that without letting anybody in. But it is from the heart. That things flow. This is what the word says. The scriptures say in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. Another translation says guard your heart above all else. Because from it flows the issues of life. The issues of life flow from it. Jesus said this too. The good person out of the good, the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person, out of the evil treasure, produces evil. Listen to this. Listen to this. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. This is the first thing that we need to realize. Things that happen on the outside have a source. And they come from the inside. We might inadvertently try to justify our lack of peace because of what's going on on the, on the outside, we may justify our lack of peace on th with things that we can't control. We can, think, we can say things like, how could I have inner peace when this person is on my case? How could I have inner peace when this co-worker is, is 
dealing with me the way that they're dealing with? How could I have inner peace with the world, the, the, the way the world is going? Have you read the news? How could I have inner peace? But I believe inner peace has a more fundamental component to it. There's a component to inner peace that we must not overlook. See, there's this inner struggle that we all face with thoughts and emotions and values between virtues and passions and desires. There is this, this inner struggle that we have, this tension between what we desire and the outcome. There is this, this struggle between who we want to be and who we actually are. And it's in that struggle, it's in that place that we need peace. It's in that place in our hearts that we need peace. We need peace in the deepest parts of our struggle. And that's usually where we mostly lack it. But if you don't have peace there, you're not going to have peace in other areas of your life. It's hard to have peace with your spouse and your kids if you're in turmoil on the inside. It's hard to have peace with your friends and your family members if there's something on the inside that's not right. So you got to get that together. you got to get that right first. Because from it, from the heart, the issues of life will flow. The issues of life will flow from the heart. And some of us have a lot of issues. Your heart is working overtime pumping out some issues. There's just issues flowing and pumping left and right. Issues upon issues upon issues. You have to determine in your heart to walk in full peace. You have to determine in your heart that you will have peace with your past. Even though you might have regrets, even though you might have made some mistakes, you have to be at peace with your past. You have to determine in your heart that you will have peace with your present. Because some of us are not where we hoped we would be. And if you're here this morning and you're not where you wished you would be, you got to have peace with it. you got to be okay, contentment where you are. And you got to have peace with your potential future. Because some of you, if you look out into the future of your life, it's all a fog. You have no idea what's going on. You have no idea what's going to happen in the next two months. People ask you, what's your five-year plan? You're like, I just want a week plan. <laughs> I have no idea what's happening next Sunday. You're talking about five-year plan. Living on a prayer here, buddy. <laughs> you got to be able to have peace knowing that God holds your future, that he's taking care of you, that he's got you on the palm of your hand. See, too many people live nowadays regurgitating their past. They just, it just, it vomits and, and, and it's, a, it's, I know it's a gross analogy, but that's what happens. They just relive their past again and again. Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. That's why I'm here. Oh my God, and just guilt and shame sets in. And there's no way to have peace if you can't be at peace with your past. And they do that. And they, they, they spent too much time complaining about the present. Can't believe this is happening. Can't believe I'm standing where I'm standing. Oh my gosh, when am I ever going to get out of this? There's no way to have peace with that. And you, 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 too many people are living hopeless because of that. They're hopeless about their future. There's nobody holding their future. And they feel the pressure. What am I going to do with my life? 
So we have to move beyond that. Because if you live in that, and if you're living in that place, in that space here this morning, let me just speak some hope into you. God has your life in the palm of his hand. And I'm going to talk about three things that you can do today here in a little bit. But you just have to, you have to switch your thinking. Because what happens is if, you stayed in, if, you've, if you've been to, in that place for too long, and you just you live in that negative place, you live in a place where there's no inner peace, when somebody comes to speak life into you, and this might be happening to you right now. When, when somebody speaks life into you, you can say, you have no idea where I am. You can just answer back. You have no idea where I've been, where I am. It's nice things that you're saying. All of these things are nice, but it's just not going to happen. You can play a negative tape in your mind and dismiss hope. Dismiss faith. Dismiss the opportunity to get out of it and have peace in your heart. So you got to break that cycle. you got to step away from that mentality. Because without knowing, you are at war within. You are fighting against yourself, defeating possibilities of, you know, moving beyond. And this is, this is not lack of positive, just lack of positivity. This is because that struggle, that, 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 that turmoil makes you jaded. It causes you to lack the strength to believe and see a brighter future. So we need that. We need that in our lives. Okay? So there's, there's something that happens when, when, when you're in that space. And, and, and I'm going to call it today, it's, it's, a, it's a war. It's a war between your ideal self and your real self. We all have those two elements in our lives, the two ways that we see ourselves. We have the ideal self and we have the real self. The ideal self is the person that you hope to be. The ideal self is that, is that person that you aspire to be, that you want to be. The, the ideal self is the person that you wish you were right now. But then comes the real self. The real self is, is, is who you are. is the person that, that, that may disappoint the ideal self. It may cause the ideal self to live regretful and in, in, in pain and in, in, in just in shame. When that happens, there's, there's a fundamental disagreement in yourself. You're, you're at war with yourself. There's a war within. And that, that there's a conflict of interests between your flesh and your spirit. You're constantly fighting. You're constantly in that tension. And, and whatever person is in this situation, you cannot find... Peace, because your inner house is divided. Your soul is divided. Your mind is divided. See, the ideal self does not match the real self. Yet, the real self came to be because of choices, because of decisions. And, and you stay in that tension in, in, for so long that the inner struggle remains permanent. Because whatever you have envisioned, whatever you have desired, whatever you have imagined, didn't come to pass. But it's the only way you know how to move. You only, the only way you know how to move is in that struggle, in that space where the ideal self is fighting against the real self. And there's this inner struggle constantly. So much so that if you're there for too long, the only way that you can see and envision peace, and this is where I'm trying to get you away from, the, the only way that you can see and envision peace is to say, I got to stop. 
I have to stop what I'm doing. I have to stop. I can't make any decisions. I have to stop what I'm engaged in because you know what? It's almost like you have to have a talk with yourselves. And you got to look at your ideal self and say, just shut up. Stop condemning me. And you look at your real self and say, just sit down because you're messing up too much, man. You're just messing everything up. And, and the only way that you can see peace is by inertia, by stopping. The problem with that mentality is that if you, if you get to that place, and if that's the only way you know how to experience peace, peace means isolation. Peace means disconnection. Peace doesn't mean progress. Peace means you have to stand still. You can't look left or right. You can't make a decision because if you do, the struggle is back on. What I want to be, but what my flesh wants. Who I want to be, but who the real self is. And I, am I writing a dirty past? Am I going to regret this five years from now? Is this decision going to affect me? And is this going to be another thing, another page on my history that I'm going to look back to in shame? And to avoid that, you just disengage and you say, you know what? I need some peace. And that's, that's not what peace is. Because peace is not lack of progress. For that person, peace is lack of progress. Peace means giving up. Peace is not that. Peace means living without even trying. And, and in the name of peace, many people have quit their careers, walked out in their homes and their relationships in the name of peace, just saying, I just need some peace. I'm going to press the reset button. I can't have this in my life. They remove things from their lives that were not the cause of the inner struggle. They're move, removing outer things without ever resolving what's going on on the inside. And I'm here today to just shed some light on that issue. Because I believe that God wants you to live with peace. That he made you for peace. And if you have made peace with God. And you're still dealing with things on the inside. That are causing you. That basically you're tearing yourself apart. You have waged war against yourself. You know. You don't even have to deal with any. Like there's people. People don't need to bring anything else to your plate. Because you're already in a struggle. If you're in that place. You need to know that God wants you to live in peace. God wants you to live in peace. And peace, the way to peace is not making your life come to a halt. The way to live in peace is not making your life just come to a standstill. Peace is a way to move forward. Peace is a way to function in life without being affected by what's going on on the outside. We need to rethink how we see peace. And if you've had situations in the past where things have come to an end unnecessarily where you have walked away from situations career business and you look back and you go like I didn't have to walk away but I did because I thought I was going to get peace and now I'm here and I don't have that and I'm still struggling I'm going to give you some steps today so that you can uh, move beyond that are you with me see for some people this happens daily this 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 happens without you ever utter a word. Before you even utter a word, before you hear a good morning and you say good morning, your mind is already in conflict. Your heart is already in conflict. 
the, the enemy sending thoughts of what you did last night, what you did the day before, what you did last year, what you did 30 years ago. And you got to be able to shut up those voices and move into a place of peace. This is what Jesus said. No, sorry. This is what Paul said. <laughs> Wrong scripture. Philippians 4, chapter 7, it says this. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, peace, like I said, is not about calmness out there. Whatever's going on out there will keep going on until we can reach the world and continue to have them and, and, and help the world have a revelation of this right here. Peace is not about calmness out there, even though that helps. Peace is not about inactivity in here. You're just disengaging and isolating and just shutting out every, everything because you don't want to have to deal with it. That's not what peace is. Peace is meant to be your defense system. The scripture says what? That peace will guard your heart. Peace is meant to be a shield to your heart. It's meant to be, to, to, to be a shield to your mind. And some of you mothers in the room, you know this well. Because you have to deal with 10 things before you ever take a sip of your coffee. And, and, and some of you have discovered this. You know this. You know that you have to find a place, place of peace because the stuff in the house is not going to stop. Stuff around you in your business, in your, in, your, in your home, in your whatever you do, you know, in your job, they're not going to stop. You have to find a place of peace. So we need to think differently about peace. We need to think differently. We need to know that peace is not passivity. Peace doesn't mean you, you, you unplug. Peace is a guard for your mind and a guard for your heart. Peace is meant to make you stronger. Now, the, the scripture talks about the peace of God, right? The peace of God, which means there are other pieces out there being promoted and offered. There's some other kind of peace out there that might not be lasting. It might, it might, it might you know, you might experience it, but it's not lasting. There are different versions of peace. Now, this is what Jesus said. This is the Jesus scripture. There you go. John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus said this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your hearts not be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Not as the world gives. This is very telling. First, my peace, the peace of God, my peace I give to you, he said. But I don't give it to you like the world gives it to you. And the world has been giving peace pretty much the same way since Jesus' days. It hasn't changed much. The only thing that has changed is the weapon. Because peace was given by the sword back then. It was given by the cross. It was given by uh, uh, war. It was peace through strength. Domination, really. And nowadays, it's the same way. The, 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 the way the world experiences peace is by threats, control, weapons. Threats. Fear. And Jesus is saying, I don't give my peace that way. You're not going to find in me a God, a Lord that will lord over you and say, unless you do this, you're not going to have peace. Unless you obey me, you're going to suffer the consequences. That's not the way that he offers his peace. 
He has given us not only a different kind of peace, a lasting peace, but he has given us a different way to receive his peace. So I want to talk about that uh, for the next few minutes. Uh, I have three things I want to give to you today. Three simple things, and you know these things. For most of you, this is going to be a reminder, okay, of the way that God gives you peace, the way that you can, can have inner peace, regardless of your surroundings, regardless of what you are facing. We're going to go to the scripture in John, same chapter, chapter 14, but we're going to read it a little bit earlier, verses 1 through uh, 3. And you can, uh, you can follow on the scriptures or if you have uh, on, on the screens or if you have your Bibles, you can read. And it says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would, give, I would have told you that I will go prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come home again and take you to myself. That where I am... You may be also. One way that Jesus gives you peace is in, through hope. Now, I'm not just talking about hope for your life here. In the hope of eternity. Knowing that your life not only uh, is it's meant to be alive here and on this earth, but that your life is an eternal life. That Jesus came to save your soul. That you have peace with God. That he has gone to prepare a place where we will one day be united. That your heart is going to be united with the heart of God. And that when your body, your temporary dwelling fades away on this earth, your spirit will be reunited with God and you will live forever. There is a powerful hope in that. And he gives us a glimpse. Jesus gives us a glimpse of it in our lives here. You know, we need to know that this life... It's not all the life, but it's only the beginning. The life that we experience with God here, it's only the beginning of our life with Him. And in that hope, in the hope that we will be with Him, in the hope that this life is not all that it is, but there is a greater life expecting us or and awaiting for us beyond the veil, that we will see hope for what it really is, that we will experience love to the fullest. That we will live in a way that we sense we should live. In a way where there's no struggle, no pain. See, in every single heart, there is, there's an inkling. There's an idea that life shouldn't be this hard. That there should be a kind of life that takes us beyond where we are right now. And Jesus came not only to reveal it, but to give you access to it. And it is in that hope that you find peace. Why? Because you connect to a reality that is the true reality that you are meant to live in. When your spirit comes alive and you get a glimpse of Jesus' love, you get a glimpse of God's peace, you get a glimpse of God's life in us, you realize this, this, this is what I should have in its totality. This kind of love and forgiveness and surrender is what, is what I should have in its totality. And that gives you strength. That gives you the ability to, to live life knowing that everything you're going through is temporary. But his life in you will last forever. Your, his life in you will last forever. See, Jesus, he gave us a glimpse of heaven. And then he went. But he didn't leave us alone. He left us his Holy Spirit, and his Holy Spirit is active in us. 
And he gives us the assurance that we are eternal. Did you know that you are eternal? No, no. These are things that we don't talk a lot about these days. But everybody wants to live forever. Why? Why do you wish and hope to live forever? Why are you wired that way? Why were the old kings and, and old uh, uh, gods of the Roman Empire all had this, this, this idea of that they, they should live forever, that, that, that human beings should live forever? You were wired that way because our life is meant to be eternal. And that's the hope that we hold on the inside. So that's the first thing. The second thing that Jesus delivers his peace through, the way by which he gives us his peace is through faith. Hope, faith, you see where I'm going, right? I'm going to let you finish in a little bit here. There's a misunderstanding on faith many times. Because we use the word faith for uh, many applications. But the biblical uh, uh, the biblical take on faith and the way that Jesus exemplifies faith and that we see faith in the scriptures is not connected to your imagination or your feelings. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is belief. Faith is knowing. And there is this disparity between knowing and imagining. There's this, we live in this rift. In what we know and what we imagine, between what we know and what we imagine. Imagination is a beautiful thing. But the same imagination that can give you ecstasy is the imagination that gives you anxiety. That is the same imagination. You know, if you've ever gone through a surgery or anything uh, that you know people are trained to do well. You know that they are trained to do well. You know they're going to... Do whatever they're going to do in the proper way that that's meant to do it. Whatever takes away that peace in your mind, whatever disturbs that peace in your mind, is not what you know. It's what you imagine. It's the, the imagination. It's the feeling. And faith doesn't exist. It shouldn't operate on this side. If you take uh, uh, faith by imagination, your faith will waver. It, it, it'll go up and down. You will have faith one day and you will not the next if you're living by uh, uh, feelings and, and whatever you imagine. But if you take your faith on the side of knowledge, of reason, of what you know to be true, and you believe in what you know to be true, you will have a steady place where you can stand. You can have peace, inner peace, because you know what you know and you believe in what you know. This is what the scriptures say in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance, not the feeling. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Verse 6, and without faith it is impossible to please him. Why is it impossible to please God without faith? Because he has a high standard? No, because whoever would draw near to God must believe that he is. Not have a feeling, not have this sensation that there's something here. Because when you go out there, there's no sensation. But to know that he is and that he rewards those who seek him. You have to know, you have to come to God believing 
Remember, faith is not a feeling. Faith is believing. Faith is belief. And the word belief here means to think it to be true, to be persuaded, to give credit, to place confidence in. Again, this is not a knock on imagination. But it's just switching your mind, taking it away from the imagination. Because that's where the enemy can play with you. And if you, if, you, if you have thoughts and worries in your mind, just pay attention. They don't come through the avenue of what you know. They come through the avenue of what you imagine. Oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if? No, stay on what you know. And feed your faith with what you should know. That God is for you, that He loves you, and that you are uh, you have a purpose. He has a purpose for your life. The last one, the last thing I want to bring up is that God gives his peace through love. So hope, faith, and love are the ways that Jesus delivers his peace. And the best way to be secure in love is not that you may love yourself. The best, best way for you to have inner peace is not that you love yourself. And I'll explain this here. It's not bad for you to love yourself. But the first thing, the main thing that we need to do to receive this peace is to receive His love. It's to receive His love for us. Why? Because in His love, we will find refuge. His love is a strong tower. See, His love is not meant for when everything is good only. Not only when you're living the dream, things are wonderful and you're planting flowers with Jesus because the garden is so beautiful and life is so good. His love will give you strength. His love is unwavering. You can stand on it firmly and that will give you inner peace. See, why, is, why, why shouldn't we rest in our love for ourselves? Because our love wavers. Our love changes. Our love goes along with our mood. His love doesn't waver. His love does not change. His love never fails. The best way that I can compare this is this, is that your love is in this way. Your love is like a flame, a flame on a candle. It needs something to burn. It needs fuel. And as long as you have fuel, your love will be a light. It'll be there. But guess what? That love is susceptible to the winds. Your love is susceptible to whatever happens on the outside. There's a gush of wind on that candle. By love. <laughs> By love. It's susceptible to the winds. Now his love, his love is not like a candle or even like a fire. His love is like the sun. It's steady. And by it, Everything comes to life. By it, everything that is alive blooms and flourishes. That's what his love is like. So you can, you can look at your life in its entirety. And you might have been good or you might have been bad. You might be proud of your past or you might be, have a sh be ashamed of your past. You might have made some poor decisions or you might have made some great ones. But guess what? The sun is still shining. The sun is still rising in the morning. He still loves you. And he will continue to love you. He will continue to shine his love on you. You are loved no matter what. And that is a place for peace. That's a place you can stand. You are loved by your heavenly father. And his love, you can be sure, 
that you can stand. See, you can look at your life and say, God has not given up on me, so I'm not going to give up on myself either. His love for me is constant, so I should love what he loves. Not only that, I should love somebody else. If, he, if his love is shining upon me, I can love somebody else. We love, the scripture says, because he first loved us. The apostle John says, we love because he first loved us. Loved us. And this is the solution for a lot of the turmoil on the inside, but also the turmoil in your relationships. Because we shouldn't love other people because they love us. We should love other people because He loved us. So that's how you can love your enemies. That's how you can love people who treat you badly. Because even though they haven't given you love, He has given you strength and love. And love that is overflowing. And love that you can give to others. You can stand on that love. When nothing can remove the fact that you are loved, you will have inner peace. You really will. You can count on his love for sure. That's what happened to our friend Nina. Nina was born and raised in Stanford. She's part of our church now. But Nina had a story that wasn't the best. Her, left, her dad left her when she was young and after that her relationship with her mom wasn't very good. They, they grew apart as she got older and it was a cold and distant relationship. And many times she told us she felt like an orphan. I've asked her permission to share this story here. She felt like an orphan many times and she wondered why. Why did this happen? Why was her life like that? So through her teenage years, she couldn't wait until she got out of the house. She was counting the days to leave because she just wanted to get away from it all. And in that wondering, in that, in, in, in that, in that struggle on the inside, she wanted answers. She set out to go to college and pick up a degree that could find her some answers. Where she could find a solution for this inner turmoil, this, this circumstance that was rising against her. And she went to college and she got a degree in human development and family studies. Still, in all that she studied, she couldn't find that place of peace. She couldn't receive God's love. There was something wrong on the inside that she couldn't figure out she couldn't find joy she couldn't find even the assurance the assurance that she had a purpose in life and she came to a point in her life where she decided you know what I need God in my life see Nina had grown up knowing of God never had a relationship with God and was never part of a church for herself but at the ripe age of 26 years old, she had a revelation and she said, you know what? I need God in my life. And so she did what we all do when we need God. We Google about it. And she Googled. And on the first page, there was Connect Community. She doesn't always happen. And she clicked on it. And she saw a picture of this stage with the words hope and love. And she said, that must be the place where I'll find God. 
that must be the place where I'll find, I'll find God. She's been coming to Connect Community for less than a year. But two weeks ago, she sat on our couch and she said, through all that I've been through in my life, everything that I've been through and all my searching and everything that I've been going through and searching, trying to find answers, 26 years of my life I've been trying to find answers. And I couldn't find answers. But less than a year in a relationship with God, I have assurance of His love. I have peace in my heart. I have the hope that I, that, that I, that I was made for a purpose. She said, I found my answers. In less than a year seeking God, she said, I found it. I have it. With tears streaming down her face. She didn't stop there. She said this, I need to find a way. I need to find a way to find other little girls that are in the same situation. It's where they don't have to wait 26 years to find God. Where they don't have to go through what I went through to find the answers for their lives. So that at 8, 9, 10, 12 years old, they can believe, they know that they have a heavenly father that loves them. See, the turmoil outside her life hasn't stopped. She still goes through difficult situations. She's still estranged from her dad. She still doesn't have a, a thriving relationship with her father. But she has a relationship with her heavenly father. The one who loves her, yes. And it is in the assurance of that love, of that hope, that she stands today. And Nina has a bright future. And you can have that future too. Do you receive it this morning? Amen. Why don't you stand?